0: Word live.
1: Okay, Father God. Roshkur de Comboski did the Combo, Randro Gossetio Gossetian Raskarokomba. Horam Brandel Gossetio Gossetian Dandar Gossetio Gossada. Hundraskur de Comboskated the Combo Randel Gossetio Gossandaka. Harandel Gossetio Gossetian Randraskarokombaka. Horrid de Guru Comboskated the Comboskarakanda. Haratiskated the Harashandas kore kumbaka, hashere kose dedi kumboranda ka, shere kose shandaster kumbaka, kumboske shinde kumboske, hande shaha. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hande kose sande shaka. All right. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen.
1: Okay, we're going to talk about the revelation gifts today. We might not get through all of them. Okay, we ain't going to get through all of them. (laughs) There are three gifts of Revelation the Word of Wisdom, the Word of Knowledge, and the Discerning of Spirits. In these three revelation gifts, gifts, God reveals information supernatural to a man or woman, information which comes from outside the bounds of that person's natural processes, information which their minds did not conceive, their ears did not hear, and their eyes did not see. The gift of the Word of Wisdom is a supernatural revelation of the divine purposes of God. It is a divine communication, a message to the church from God, given by the Holy Spirit through a believer. In the gift of the word of God's wisdom, God gives forth a small segment or portion of information from his vast storehouse of wisdom. Wisdom has to do with that which is unborn or the future. When God gives a word of his wisdom, he is revealing something that has not yet come to pass. Every prophet in the Bible possesses gifts, And the prophets who live today also possess it. Hmm, interesting. Let me read that again. The gift of the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of the divine purposes of God. It is a divine communication, a message to the church from God, given by the Holy Spirit through a believer. So, God is speaking to someone through his spirit. The Holy Spirit is connecting with your spirit and giving you information. In the gift of the word of God's wisdom, God gives forth a small segment or portion of information from his vast storehouse of wisdom. Now, we talked about that yesterday. We said when God gives a word, a lot of times he just gives you a segment. First of all, you, you norm, nine times out of ten, you're not normally ready to deal with the whole picture for a variety of different reasons. Just a whole lot of different things. You ain't ready, don't understand, it might make you turn the other way, whatever. But God gives you what you need, and it's a small portion. Then as you begin to apply what he has given you, you then begin to see and get a greater understanding of everything else that's all involved. But if you don't ever apply what is given, then it's just really just lost. It's just there. God gives forth a small segment or portion of information from His vast storehouse of wisdom. Wisdom has to do that with that which is unborn of of the future. When God gives His word of His, when God gives a word of His wisdom, He is revealing something that has not yet come to pass. When God gives a word of His wisdom, He's telling you something that has not happened. Something is going to happen. Something that you were seeking and you did not know. Every prophet in the Bible possesses gifts, and prophets who live today also possess it. The gift unveils, in part, the purposes of God on the earth. The gift unveils, in part, the purposes of God on the earth. What is it that God at this divine time is getting ready to try to do, is getting ready to accomplish? What is it specifically that God is planning on doing? He reveals it to his prophets. He reveals it to, to his believers, to his children, his church. The Apostle Paul explains it this way: "But we, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory." First Corinthians two and seven. The word of wisdom involves speaking the hidden things, things which were not normally or naturally known. The hidden things; it might be right in front of you, but you still might not see it. The hidden things, those things that God is revealing to you in his word is, is right in front of you, but you still don't see it. The hidden things, something you're trying to figure out or you don't know or just not, you don't, you don't, it's not there. God, by his spirit, speaks to you and begins to unfold his mystery, his purposes. Again, it could be right in front of you, but you still don't see or understand it because the Holy Spirit has not yet touched your spirit to reveal it to you. So, if that's the situation or scenario, you're really standing blind in the supernatural. Remember, this is not just the gift of wisdom, it is the word of wisdom. Uh oh, about to get specific. Now we're about to go grad. This is not just the gift of wisdom, it is the word of wisdom. It is a fragment of the total wisdom of God. Just as a word is a fragment of a sentence. Mm. The word of wisdom is a part or portion of the great omniscience of God. Mm. It's a fragment. It's a piece. It's not the whole thing. Again, we are not ready for the whole thing. You want to know the truth? You can't handle the truth. Well, you can't handle the whole word. So he just gives it to you in pieces. And what also happens is he'll give you a word. He'll give somebody else a word. He'll give somebody else a word. So we prophesy in part. You see, But that's what the body does. We're supposed to work together. And you know what? God might do that just to make us all work together, to get over ourselves, to recognize that there ain't no big eyes or little use. It's all about Jesus Christ. So it's a variety of reasons why God does things in his own word, wisdom way, in his own great understanding way. But bottom line, it all boils down to he's God. It is very difficult for us as human beings to realize that God is all wise, that he knows the total past, the total present, and the total future, all at one time. When he conveys to the church through one of his servants a word of wisdom, he has made that person wise in that one manner, but not wise concerning all things. Bam, I'm going to read that one again. Mm. Let me take a little sip here. When he conveys to the church, through one of his servants, a word of wisdom, he's made that person wise in that one manner, but not wise concerning all things. That's why when we have these different books and different things, someone is gifted in this particular area, someone else is gifted in that particular area. Okay, on his line, Eric is discerning, Mark is prophetic. Everybody got different gifts. You know, I can say Erica getting to the point now, she reads your mail before you can get to your house. You go, okay, girl, just, 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 I don't even, I don't even need to open it up no more because you done told me what's all in it. But that's because she's exercising her gifting. We all have a particular area of expertise that we all have our gifts from God. And it's for us to find out what it is and to grow that thing up. He's made that person wise in one manner, but not wise concerning all things. only one who was able to do that was Jesus Christ. only one who said, see, if we did, we'd be all puffed up and, I got this. Really? But on the other hand, if if we're really not capable, you're really not. You can't handle it. You got... You got enough really trying to develop yourself to the fullest in that one particular area. It, it's because it's a struggle. He's made that person who is. He's made that person who wise in one matter, but not wise concerning all things. When a person receives the gift of the word of wisdom, he does not suddenly become a know-it-all. The word of wisdom has not has no relation to a person's natural knowledge. Mm. Whether well, a person has achieved brilliant academic success has nothing to do with this gift. A person with very little education can operate it just as well. Why is that? Because God does not respect their persons. All the majority of disciples are lay people. for Luke, the physician, <coughs> for one, nothing else. Because someone who is unlearned will. Will more than likely rely on God, and this is just me, me saying this, rely on God quicker than himself, whereas one who's wise concerning the world will allow himself quicker than God. What do I mean by that? Because someone who is, who is a lay person, and I'm just using that term loosely, you know, they don't feel they have what, what is necessary or needful in order to achieve something. So they go outside of themselves to obtain it, so they seek God, and they begin to develop and trust God, and they begin to grow in God, and God proves himself to them. And he, it's a combination. God proves himself to them, and they prove themselves to God, and then they learn how to walk in an anointing of the Holy Spirit, and he increases in their life. But someone who is educated in the ways of the world, they've already had some some degree of success about what they can do some degree of success about their own capabilities. So why should I turn to a guy when I've already done this in and of myself? This is just a Sam Farley example, that's all. And it's a very loose thing, but it just gives you an idea. But, you know, in all reality, life is a great equalizer. We all going to hit our heads up some on a wall somewhere along the way, and it's going to humble us. And it's at that point we become okay, do we want to choose God or not? Do we want to believe and walk in His promises or not? It's always a choice. But I'm just giving you a loose example of the flesh nature and how we have a tendency to yield to our own strength, our own flesh, rather than it is to yield to the anointing uh, power of God. <clears throat> the gift of the Word of Wisdom can transform the world in which we live today. It can fascinate this world. The devil has a counterfeit for everything God has. These people who claim to read the future are counterfeiting what God wants to do to his people on the earth. God wants you to know his future. It is time for this gift to function in a way that has never functioned before in the history of the world. The devil has a counterfeit for everything that God has. He can't create it, but he can duplicate it from a demonic point of view. So he said, "That's what we have to be wary of. That's why we have to have the discerning of the spirits, the Holy Spirit, to reveal things to our spirits to see if it's of God or not. Because the enemy, he's the father of lies. He didn't. He ain't just a lie. He's a father. He's the creator of lies. Y'all want a lie? Come to me. I give you a good one. I'm good at it. I got one third of the angels to fall because they believe me. Huh?" He know what he's doing, people don't ever take him lightly. If the church was moving in the spiritual gifts of revelation, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits, there would be no need for fortune tellers, Christian ball gazers, Ouija boards, tea leaf readers, palm readers, and all other paraphernalia that the devil uses to deceive the people in our generation. We are magnified in the greatest. We are engulfed in the greatest wave of black magic. We are engulfed in the greatest wave of black magic and witchcraft this country has ever known. One reason for this is the church has not been properly operating in the gifts of the Spirit. We have not used the weapons of our warfare to stop the devil's conflict. So, this is the thing. We are spiritual people. We have a tendency to seek spirituality because it's part of who we are. So, though we might not believe in God or walking in these gifts, but we'll pick up a horoscope. What my horoscope said today. Let's play these with you. All these things are coming from the spiritual arena, but they're coming from the enemy. Oh, you know what? My bad. I forgot one that was not probably around when this book was written. All those demonic games that people play. You know, them, 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 um, I can't, I don't even, I I just see them playing all the time. Them, them, okay, really? You know, the ones that they steal a person's car, they take a woman and and go and rape her. These are games that kids are playing, really? They're created to begin to open you up to spiritual Dungeons and Dragons, really? I ain't even going to talk about TV. So, again, these things, because we're spiritual people, we seek out spiritual things. So it's just where is it going to come from? It's either going to come from the demonic realm or the angelic realm. I challenge you to seek God for these three major gifts. As 1 Corinthians 12 and 31 says, we are to covet earnestly the best gifts. If we do that and seek them with all our hearts, Then we will then find that they are available to us through the gift of the word of God's wisdom. God makes you wise to the future, and you know what is going to take place. Rather than worry about it or work at making it come to pass, you merely let it function, and it happens exactly as God has told you. Mm. Let me read that again. That was pretty good. Through the gift of the word of God's wisdom. God makes you wise to the future, and you know what is going to take place. Rather than worry about it or work at it to making it come to pass, you merely let it function, and it happens exactly as God has told you. Now, what does he mean by that? God reveals something to you about what's going to take place, whether it be a vision, a word, or whatever, but you know from within what to do and how to and, as you walk it out, you you see how to do it, or you might even give you a glimpse about how to do something. but the key is not you don't sit down God says this is going to happen. you gonna sit down in your butt and wait around for it to happen. No, you got a part to play. faith without works is dead. you have something that you need to do in order for in order for this to happen and begin as you will begin to apply what God has given you. It's like a certain direction. Okay, I need to walk in that direction. I don't even know everything involved in it, but see now this one, this this is what we do. Well, I ain't ready. I I got to get all prepared. I I got and then so we'll spend days, months, or years trying to get prepared rather than begin to moving out. See, that's that's fear. That's not faith. We 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 start getting all in our head and, and, and start trying to figure out everything that could go wrong, would go wrong, instead of walking out. And becoming and doing what God has called you to do. T D Jake said earlier today, and I just said, wow. He said he he's got to the point he quit telling people about, you know, that your future's gonna be uh <laughs> your future's gonna be all lovely and, and, and this, that and the other, and that you're gonna turn on your water fountains and Kool Aid's gonna come out. He said, No, you're gonna have trials and tribulations. But you are still gonna be blessed. But you're gonna have to go your way through. You know, I yeah. yesterday was kind of interesting, but you, you just you just learn to focus on that vision, that word that God has given you, and you press your way through. You let that be the source of your strength. You let that be that which you're fighting toward. See, if you don't have a vision or a hope to fight toward, you'll quit. It's hard as hell to fight when you do have that vision, when you're struggling, while you're trying to claw your way through to get to that end game. You see the goal line, and you're trying to get to it, and everybody and their mama trying to stop you. Maybe that's why I like football so much. I just realized that. Because in the game of football, you know that's where the victory, you know that's where you can make that touchdown, and everybody and their mama's coming, and you got to fight your way through it. Claw. Sometimes you hit the enemy head on. Bam! Who's going to be the strongest? You going to knock him out of the way, or he going to knock you out of the way? And I guess I, I, I'm, as I'm looking at, I guess that's one of the reasons I've always liked it. Never knew it back then. Hmm, I, I'm gonna keep reading. I don't even wanna go there. In the Acts of the Apostles, we we see these gifts functioning time and time again. If they function in the early church, they should function in the days church, and they will function today if we desire it. God wants us to have it. There's some very remarkable men in the Old Testament who had the gifts of the Spirit functioning in their lives. The power that motivated these remarkable Old Testament ministries, men like Noah, Ezekiel, Daniel, David, Joel, Isaiah, is the same power that motivates us today, the power of the Holy Spirit. What? Wait a minute. Hold up. They had the power of the Holy Spirit back in them days? No, no, because, see, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit didn't come down until Jesus left the earth. Uh, God spoke it. God spoke the word, which is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't do what He called Him to do. When He created everything that we can see, touch, or taste, including us. In the Word of God, it tells you the Spirit has been around since the beginning. It's just the difference between Old Testament and New Testament is in the Old Testament, the Spirit was upon these men of God. In the New Testament, the Spirit is within these men of God, men and women of God. God is not doing something special through the operation of spiritual gifts today. He has always worked His way, and He always will. By harnessing these powers and utilizing them as God desires, We can change the world in which we live. You know what? I think changing the world in which we live is a powerful thing. And what do I mean by that? I mean the world in which you live, in your house, your home, your apartment, that world. I ain't talking about the entire world. Changing your situations, your circumstances. There's a one of these commercials. Apartment.com, change your world by the apartment you live in. Literally changing your life, the world which you live in. What if you had a better job? What if you had more finances? What if you your your, your relationships were different? That wouldn't that change your world? Let's go even deeper. What if your mind quit thinking crazy things? And you finally begin to think that you are the righteousness of God. That you are blessed and highly favored. That you are whole and not broken. What if you started thinking about that? Isn't that the world you truly live in? Because, see, that world that you truly live in is going to create everything else around you. That world which you truly live in, that vessel that you truly live in, is that if you can can get that world together, come on now, if you can get that world to line up to God's purposes, divine purposes for your life, if you can begin to get that world to see yourself as God sees you, what did he tell Gideon, that mighty man of valor? He's running around scared like everybody else. God sees us so differently than we see ourselves. Oh, my God. Hmm. I guess that's why he has us doing the things we say. Really, God? You got me doing this? Hmm. You you got me doing this, Lord. Do you know who I am? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to myself right now. Mm-hmm. We got to let God be God. Just because we're broken, hurt, maimed, damaged does not mean we have to stay that way. He has made provision in his word in order to fix us to establish us, to make us whom he ordained us to be, which is beyond how we were born. I say that purposely because if you've been tainted in a womb, which can happen, his word can straighten that out too. We have no excuse, people. Let's change the world we live in, how we think, How we act, how we do. Focus on changing you. I guarantee if you can get that on track, everything else will be a breeze. God wants to motivate us by the same gifts of the Spirit that he used to motivate all those men of the Old Testament. They were not just select individuals, special people whose footsteps ordinary Christians could hope to follow. All that they did, the works that they were recorded, and the divine record is available to us today. We should expect the gifts of the Spirit to function in our lives just as they did in the Old Testament times. All the prophets of the Bible were endowed with supernatural spiritual gift of wisdom. They were seers of the future, making known God's wisdom about that which come to pass. Here are some examples. Noah. In Genesis 6, 12 and 13, God revealed to Noah that the coming of the flood. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Noah knew for 120 years that God would destroy the earth. This is the gift of the word of God's wisdom functioning in Noah. He received only a word of what God was going to do. Noah knew for 120 years what God destroyed the earth. So what did Noah do? Oh, well, God, you're destroying the earth. You gave me that word of wisdom. No, Noah built the ark. Noah believed what God said for 120 years. We struggled for 120 days. God gives us a vision, a word about what's going on, what we need to be doing. But when the enemy steps in to to try to stop, let's go back to the world which we live in. When the enemy starts messing with your mind, come on now. When you start messing with your mind, see you got to get you. That's why you got to get the world which you live in straight, because if it's bad enough the enemy starts messing with your mind. What what about when you start messing with your own mind? Especially when you start speaking negativity out of your mouth. Sometimes I literally just tell myself, shut up. Because I feel myself starting to go down a, a pathway, which I'm going to begin to speak things, which I know is going to open up the door. I just tell myself to shut up. You got to take control. Because sometimes your mind will just go everywhere. But he tells you to cast down imagination. Well, hell, you cast it down, it'll come right back up again. You cast it down here, it'll come up again. I'm talking about you. I ain't talking about where the enemy attacks you. I'm talking about you. The the world which you live in. See, this is what I'm talking about, part of the struggle. Ain't nobody different than you or me. We all the same. Ain't nobody different on this line than anybody else that we see has achieved level success, both through God and not through God. The world which you live in. I use it as athletes as an example because it's a, perfect, it's a great example that we can easily see. We see the physical manifestation, but if you talk to them, those who achieve high levels of success, they tell you about the mental game that keeps them motivated. I remember they talked about Walter Payton in his last year, how all of his average and everything else dropped down. It was like his speed is the same, everything else for the most part is the same, but because of the fact that he knew he was retiring that year, he just... The world which he just didn't push himself like he don't normally did. That world which we live in, our mind is powerful, people. It affects everything else that you can do. So if you can begin to grasp hold of that, then that'll keep the enemy at bay. I'll just keep reading. We don't want to hear none of that. Well,
0: you know, the one thing is, is that we have to understand that despite of what the world says, our mind is the one thing that will either allow us to do something or will allow us not to do it. Going back to two books ago, when it says that we are survivors to our core, mm. that has nothing to do with basically just knowing how to survive. It's an innate thing. I'll, and and I'm going to use this as an example because it's fresh in my mind. My friends and family keep on telling me to take pain medication. If I'm at work and I have pain medication and I'm sleepy, how effective am I going to be at work (laughs) versus me persevering through the pain? Though it is physical pain, it's the same thing when you persevere through spiritual pain, mental, and everything else. It is what you are basically built with, built for, And how you basically applied that in which how you were built to see if you could withstand it's as simple as that. Are you strong enough, tough enough, and built for this thing? It's only two answers, yes or no. And if you say no, you quit now. Hmm. If you say yes, then you need to go through the process.
1: Ooh, come on
0: now. If you say yes,
1: just to Pay yourself out. I said if you say yes, I mean you're gonna avail yourself to more pain. You have to do something
3: because
1: just saying yes and dying there ain't gonna work. Cause oh, that's come really? No. Ooh, no, you didn't.
0: If you say yes and then you murmur and complain and and, and I want to say the I want to say the B word right now because I'm in pain right now just to be ugly. But if you murmur and complain and go through this process, what's the purpose? Mm. He had to die. And didn't mumble a mumbling word. Mm. He had to be on the cross with nothing to drink and never begged for nothing. He had to pray when the people that were around him could not pray for one hour and he mm. did not complain but we got all this to say about what we don't feel like doing, what we don't want to do, what we don't want to experience. Okay, exchange the cross for him and let him be in your position and see who lasts longer. Come on. Come on. Because all he has to do is live this life and go through the process and understand that he – has ensured our victory to win, and we are going to be successful when we get to the end and are indescripted from our end to our beginning to make sure that we win, and then you still complain. <clears throat> Foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? <clears throat> to make you think that it was really all about you, to make you comprehend the very fact that it is you that is why he's keeping you here. Foolish Galatians, who are you. It's never about us. It's about how we can make sure that we can bring somebody else out and how how we can bring somebody else over. But we always focus on the fact that it will be about us and not somebody else.
3: I'm just saying.
1: Amen. Daniel. The prophet Daniel had great wisdom. He saw empires leap into existence and perform on the stages of human history before they were ever born. He named the very natures these empires would have, lions and bears and leopards and beasts. It was the gift of the word of wisdom and operation that caused him to know these things. Ezekiel the prophet was very dramatically foretold the whole future, as we see it in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. This demonstrates how God reveals the future. Every day we get near to, to the fulfillment of that word of God's wisdom. He said that from the north there will come an army against the country of unwalled villages. In Ezekiel's day, there was no such thing as an unwalled village. They did not exist. The towns needed walls for protection against wild animals and enemies. Today, there is not one village in Israel with a wall around it. Also, there had never been a real threat to Israel from the north parts before before Russia took a place there as a world empire. That is a word of God's wisdom. God told Ezekiel what would happen. When we see these things coming to pass, we should rejoice. These are the words of God's wisdom being fulfilled before our very eyes. Never quite put in perspective unwalled villages, but we all live in unwalled villages. They're called cities, townships, states, countries.
2: Okay, I'll just keep reading.
1: Oh, my man David. David revealed through the Psalms how the Messiah would come and how he would die. It was a revelation of the future, seen, for example, in Psalms 2 and 22. Joel. When the prophet Joel prophesied that in the last days God's Spirit would be poured out upon us, all flesh, he was revealing the future. A word of God's wisdom was brought forth. Isaiah. Chapter 53, of Isaiah is one of the greatest prophecies in the Bible. The great prophet Isaiah described the nature of the Messiah. He described all the ways he would die, what kind of person he would be, and what his death would mean to us. He even wrote that by his stripes we would be healed. In Isaiah's days, stripes were not known as a, in Isaiah's day, stripes were not known as a form of punishment. This was the word of God's wisdom functioned through Isaiah. So what he's pointing out is all these prophets are old. They spoke about what was going to come to pass, even though at that point in time it wasn't. The stripes of Jesus weren't, what's say stripes of that day when Isaiah spoke about it out was not a form of punishment on wall villages. Back in that day, villages had walls. What else he talking about? Basically, but that's enough, you know. So again, they were speaking through a word of wisdom what would manifest. So my question to you is, what is God speaking to you and through you? What is God saying to you about your future? What is God saying to you? What vision has God given you? Okay, so maybe it has not been spoken to the point that you audibly know it, that it is his voice. But what vision has God showed you about your future, about your destiny? About what you're supposed to be doing? Oh, he speaks to all of us. He speaks to each He know, And he's going to speak to you differently than he speaks to me because he's God. He knows what to do to motivate us and to keep us. So don't say he's not speaking to you. You get, hey, you get motivated to get up to go to work so that you can get your check. You haven't received it yet. I'm getting paid on Friday. Then you're already thinking about what you're going to do with your money. So just as that simple process is that you keep going to work so that you can get paid, it's the same way that God wants you to function in the spiritual arena. He's going to show you or give you something that will keep you motivated, keep you moving, and keep you being able to fight. And sometimes that's what's necessary and needful in order for you to persevere through whatever's going on in that period of time in your life. Foremost among those demonstrating the word of wisdom in, foremost among those demonstrating the word of wisdom in the new testament was the ministry of the lord jesus christ in matthew 14 luke 21 and mark 13 christ foretold the destruction of the temple in jerusalem which came a few years later and the signs which will accompany his return to the earth first church many of these things are coming to pass in our generation some of them have yet to come to pass all of this is what the word all of this is what the word of God's wisdom in a, is a revelation of the future. The New Testament is filled with the instances of the gift of the Word of Wisdom being manifested. In several epistles to the church, the Apostle Paul revealed things that will come to pass in the last days. The Apostle Peter was very emphatic about signs that will come to pass before the Lord Jesus returned. The word of wisdom functioned through these men just as it did through the Old Testament prophets. An example of this gifting an example that gives function for the apostle Paul is related in Acts chapter 23, when Paul almost lost his life at the hands of an angry Jewish mob. When it looked as if he was die, the Lord spoke to him by the word of wisdom and said, "Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast, for as thou hast testified to me in Jerusalem, so must I also bear also so must thou bear witness also at Rome." In other words, Paul, you ain't about to die here. Paul, this is not your juniper tree. Yeah, I, I know what it looks like, but let me tell you, I got my hand on you. Come on now. Mm mm mm. I know that all hell is going on in your life, but that thing that I'm supposed to you is going, is going to happen. But you just got to keep pressing. Trust me, right now is what God's saying. I know you lost your job. Children going crazy. I'm looking at my daughter now. She's really being forced to grow up. And I'm like, God got it now. She got a bus still in school, by the grace of God. She she She's going to be on a whole other level because now she's applying that. Because she's forced to. That's what happens. God will, I, I got you. But God, you know that, I got you. Trust me, walk this thing out. Press your way through. Keep confessing my word. Cast down those imaginations. See, all these things are happening as you go through the process. As you go through the process. Yesterday my head was hurting so bad, I said, I just, let me just, I'm just, yeah. (laughs) Ben was driving, I had my eyes closed, like, okay, just, 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 let's just go. This too shall pass. Right now, it's kicking my butt. This too should pass. I don't even want to think about what's going on. I need to focus on what God is saying. (laughs) Shut it up. I need to trust him. And allow him to be God in my life. See, that's when God is covered and keeping you. And you're moving beyond yourself. Come on now. That's when you're, you're tapping into the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you letting him carry you then rather than as march said I'm gonna just sit here and die when when I'm working my gifts, I'm being accountable and saying this 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 is gonna happen something good is gonna happen this this is this is gonna work out you know sometimes it it the, the when you really I understand the necessity of why you need to focus on God rather than focusing on what's going on because it will overwhelm you people. I, I see, understand when I say the word focus because you need to know what's going on. I ain't trying to say it ain't real. See, it's a difference between being real and, and, and not living in fantasy land. You know, okay, I got bills up the wazoo. This is gonna happen. That's gonna happen now. Jesus, oh, I can I ain't got this. I ain't got. I, I ain't got. Well, how do you? Got? Okay, see, that's what happened. But you know, if you say, "Well, Lord, this is what you told me to do today," I'm gonna trust you for the day. Okay, I'm gonna step out for the day. I'm gonna get get me through the day. You say, "Your grace is sufficient for the day," and you just move. you, you quit worrying about all that other stuff. See, this is what this is what stops us, cause we get worrying about what I don't have, what could happen. Who Jesus, I ain't gonna talk about what could happen in my life, but you know what? I know I gotta press. I gotta trust God beyond myself. And when you get to those sticking points, what did it tell you to do in the Deuteronomy prayer? When you get to those sticking points, when you when you feel like you're overwhelmed, that's when you look back. You look back to give God the glory. You don't look back to to go want to go back. You look back to say, I remember when God carried me over there. I remember when God did that for me there. And you focus on those past victories that you walked in in God and His grace and His anointing. You focus on those things. See, that's the purpose of looking back to gain strength. Because it will remind you of your relationship with your Almighty God. And then you say, Why would God lead me to this point to die to for me to die to drop me off? That's not the character of God. Then that encourages you and energizes you to okay, let's do this. There's gotta be a plan. There's gotta be what well, say there's gotta be a donkey up underneath a a horse up underneath all this manure. I encourage you to just press on and trust God. God will not lead me to this to die to, to hurt me. Whatever's going on, there's a purpose, and I'm gonna just let God be God. See, this is the process that Mark was just mentioning. As you cry, as you holler, as you lose your flesh, but gain your spirit, man. <laughs> Paul be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified me in Jerusalem, so, thou, so must thou bear witness also of Rome. Paul had nowhere knowing he would ever speak for God in Rome, but God revealed the future to him. This was the word of God's wisdom. The Holy Spirit can convey the word of wisdom in many ways. To Joseph, it was the interpreting of a dream of the future. When Joseph was 17 years old, God showed him his whole life, that he would be a great leader, even of his own brothers, Before even his own brothers would bow down before him, no one believed it, but it came to pass. Daniel received wisdom by night vision. It was the word of wisdom projected into the future. Ezekiel was caught away to the spirit for revelation. The Apostle John was caught up in the spirit as in Lord's day, and the entire book of Revelation flashed before him. God has no set way of dealing with the problems of this world. He unveils hidden mysteries. The word. He unveils hidden mysteries and the wisdom executes counsels in his way. <clears throat> he unveils hidden mysteries and the word and the wisdom counsels in the way he considers best at that time. Many times we think Jesus can do things only one way, but that is not true. The same is true with the word of wisdom. It does not have to function the same way each time. It can function as a dream or as a vision. You could even be caught up into the third heaven as Paul was. God has many ways to do things. He can work with you in a unique way, a way he has not operated before. He can do whatever he wants to do. So basically, he's saying, don't be trying to put God in a box. Don't be trying to confine God. It's got to happen. No, we'll see. See, that's why, oh, Jesus, <clears throat> you got to be trained. That's one great thing about this line is he's training us to to multitask, to diversify, to do different things as he operates. You cannot be rigid and flow with the Holy Spirit; it ain't gonna happen. See, that's what tradition and and and. Wow. Well, um, programs do. What do I mean by programs? Well, they have a set order and things got to flow in that specific order. I understand about order. Yes, you can have a, a way of doing things, and again, I come back, there's order to this line, but that does not mean it's going to operate that exact way every time. No. Right now, the, Right now, the prayer line is going to change. You know why? Because I'm trying to get my fat behind back in some kind of shape. So I'm doing things to try to strengthen my body, and by the grace of God, it's actually working. I'm beginning to become shocked. So the prayer line right now is going through changes because you know why? I'm trying to get me together because it's like, when, when else am I going to be able to do it? But that means you've got to be flexible. Now, what, what happens in that flexibility? Well, Lisa the other day, because of her day off, and when we got back on, received a, 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 a blessing that she would not have been able to do if we had operated how we normally operate in our quote-unquote structure. See, what happens in that flexibility is you have to learn how to trust God. You got to learn how to trust God with your time, with your schedules, with all of that. you you got to learn these things. If not, you will not grow. The Holy Spirit is not static at all. Ain't going to happen, Captain. You must be trained to flow with him. You will never direct him. Let me get, oh, shut up. Boy. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-mm. Don't think you will ever direct his steps. That's not your job. You're going to tell him, oh, I, I got to go bless with Erica. Because it's a perfect example. Back before she was speaking in tongue and we were going through our processes. And I, I I can't even remember specifically what it was. But it was like I told her to call me to do whatever we need to do, prayer or whatever. And she was doing whatever she was doing. And she called me later on. Okay, that's how I do it. I was like, hang on, I do now. See, you got to learn to yield and trust God when He tells you to do something. You might feel that this is a priority. Now, get this because this is a very valuable lesson. You might feel that what you're doing is a necessary and a priority at that time. Because, see, let me see, that's the trick of the enemy. Because what happens, it might be very important, but you know what happens when you finish that important thing, something else pops up important. Something else pops up and port, Something else pops up and Before you look up, the whole day is gone. And what God was trying to get you to do has not been accomplished. You didn't even spend time with him. And yeah, I was going to. See, but when you learn when he tells you to do something and you put it down and you spend that time with him, you do what he's called you do, he'll protect your schedule. He'll protect those things that you're supposed to do. But you got to be taught that. You got to learn that. And can't nobody do it for you but you. I, I look at the process, how God has groomed and grown me up to the point that now I do all the stuff that I do. I remember when we first started transitioning on the line the way we did. I, I constantly say, how we we'll go on going to and I never missed a beat. I missed those days because the money was good. But God was transitioning me at that time to be able to do this on this line. We done went from half hour to hour. Nah. <laughs> that's, again, why I said, you know what? I got to get my butt in shape, so it's going to work out, and I'm going to do it. Now, if anybody wants to step in and do it for me, and you know what? There will be a time when that's going to happen too. It's not about me. It's about God and his word and his will and his way, and we all have to be trained because, again, when that time comes for me to step out, God is training one of you all to take over. Case in point. Because he has an agenda that he's doing to fulfill. I'm going to say that one more time so you. When it comes time for me to step out, one of y'all being trained now to step in. I hope y'all got that. But again, it's God's agenda. You got to learn to tap in, to seek, and to trust him. You cannot be rigid. Oh, you cannot be stuck in your ways. Well, you got to have it this way, and if it ain't this way, I ain't going to do it, and all that. God wouldn't talk to me that way. God wouldn't do it. God will come to you in a way exactly opposite of what you want just to get you to begin to recognize that you don't run nothing. Oh,
0: shit, I don't say that.
1: God will have you doing the very thing that you hate just to humble your behind. You can't walk haughty with God. You know what I mean? Say that because if you're walking haughty with God, meaning you're all puffed up, that's your pride and that's your flesh. Ain't going to happen, Captain. So God will purposely do something to get on your nerves. And look, look, and let, let me tell you something. <laughs> you mess with him, you'll hear him laughing. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. What do you tell us, Mark? Or else. Oh, okay, God. we're do yeah, yeah, you Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, you ain't going to do it? Here, let me add a little bit more and see what you're going to do. <laughs> and then he'll leave you there. You be calling out to him, he gone. Because he got to get you to a point that you got to submit yourself, and recognize that you ain't nothing but a speck of dust. He loves your little cruddy behind just as he loves my little cruddy behind. But truly, you ain't nothing but a speck of dust. And I'm saying all that to tell you that you have to learn how to get over your own ways, your thinking, your understanding, if you are truly designed to be used by God, if you are truly one enough to walk in those visions and things that he's showing you. You're going to go through some transformation. His word is not. His word is not going to change. It can't. Okay. I'm going to read a little more and then we'll probably close it. Hey,
4: Sam. Mm-hmm. When you just said about the dust, I was watching a movie the other day, and if you get a chance go on YouTube, it's called The Dust Factory. And it has in there for where um, it's two kids. They're learning life lessons, getting a better understanding, and then there's a little part in there for where they can come back And to earth or either they can be flung up to heaven. Mm. But because one of the one of the kids, one of the teenagers, he had to been about maybe 13, 14 years old. He saw his dad die and when his dad had died, he stopped talking. Mm. So he was out one day walking across this old bridge and fell into the water. So when he came back up, he was in like an old circus-type environment.
3: Mm-hmm. And there
4: was this other teenager there, and she told him that um, he was at the dust factory. And so she explained it to him. So he, she said, you know, when you get to the point you want to jump, um, just let me know. And it was a, like a flying trapeze um, where when they jumped, if they caught his hand, he can fling them up to heaven or he can let them go and they, they come back to earth. And it was, a, it was a thing for where he got to meet some of the people that had passed on. And like with his grandfather was one of them, but when his grandfather decided to jump, he was able to go for, go further up. But when he was able to jump, he had went, he came back to earth. Now, the girl, she was too afraid because, you know, she had been there for a while, and she couldn't imagine how she could be incorporated back into earth. So when he came back, he came back, he had the ability to speak. Hmm. When she came back, he looked at her like, I know you from somewhere, but he couldn't really put, put a finger on it. But Mm -hmm. in the meantime, when she looked at him, she had a better understanding of where she remembered him from. Mm
3: -hmm. And she
4: had told him that, they told me I had an aneurysm. Mm. That's to explain the time that she was gone. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they had, they they were close and was good friends, and that was the end of the movie. But I could just go back and just go, hmm. Because here it goes. It puts you in that point for where it was things that he didn't understand, but once it was broken down to him, he had a better understanding for where he got his voice back. Hmm. Uh, for her, well, she felt it took her so much time, and she just could not understand for how they can incorporate her back in. Okay, it was due to um, an unforeseen aneurysm.
2: It was
4: a what? It was an unforeseen aneurysm. Oh,
2: okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know,
4: to sit back and to, and to look at that, you know, some people may get it and some people, they may not see the um, the symmetry in it. But, you know, we, in order for us to step out of ourselves, we got to be pushed to a point of okay, it's not about your physical anymore, but what can you do to turn on that other part of you that we take for granted or we just don't we just don't believe that it exists in order to turn it on to help us out with a better understanding or just to just stand still and pay attention and follow from what it's telling us. Common criticism.
1: Nope,
4: no, nope, no. Nope. And then for these two, these two teenagers, the, the the little boy, he was under submission, while well, he was submerged and under submission.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, but then so was the little girl. In order to get to that spiritual person, in order to wake up and do better.
2: So they got to go through trials and tribulations to wake up your spiritual
1: gifting.
4: Right. And they didn't understand how it was going to happen, but once they went and paid attention and went to court, they had a better understanding.
2: Amen.
4: Like I said, they they got the movie on YouTube. So if you got a little time, check it out.
1: Oogie-doogie, Smokey.
4: Okay,
1: sure, Lily. A clear distinction must be formed in our minds regarding the simple inspirational gifts of prophecy in the New Testament and the Word of Wisdom. 1 Corinthians 14 and 3 gives the full measure of the blessings of prophecy. There is no element of revelation associated with it. He that prophesies speaks unto all men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Any person who speaks out in church foretelling the future has left the simple gift has left the simple gift of prophecy the least of other gifts and has moved into the greatest and foremost revelation gift the word of wisdom whereby he foretells he foresees the future the prophet of either the old testament or the new testament is a seer he sees into the future and possesses the gift of the word of wisdom to tell the future so what he's saying any person who speaks out in church Foretelling the future is left a simple gift of prophecy. He's the least of the gifts and has moved into the greatest and foremost revelation gift. So it's like another level of prophecy because now I'm beginning to speak to the body, not just to myself. The second gift in category of revelation is the word of knowledge. We could add an extra word and call it the gift of the word of knowledge the gift of the word of God's knowledge, then there would be no mistaking it for man's knowledge. Mm. The word knowledge is related to a fact. If a thing is knowledge, then it is not a mystery. The gift of the word of knowledge deals with that which exists, whether it be past or in the present. In the gift of the word of knowledge, God reveals to one of his servants something which now exists or did not exist in the earth. This must be something that the servant cannot know naturally something his eyes have not seen and his ears have not heard. Normally, if it would have to do with the meeting of an emergency, God would not reveal such a thing if there was no real purpose of doing so. So, again, God has a purpose in doing what he's doing and why he's doing it that particular way. He's not just, you know, just because. I guess I'll read through this now. got to do it. Here's some examples of the gift of the word and knowledge operating in the Old Testament. Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah is speaking. Beginning in verse 14, he says, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain the prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. I would say that Elijah was a little discouraged. He thought that he was the only one left. Have you ever thought that Jesus was the only one left? That's just how Elijah fell. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou com- comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat and, Ab- and Abelamah, thou shalt anoint to be prophet in thy room. So now God is speaking to Elijah and telling him what to do. And it shall come to pass... Him that escaped the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escaped from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Now notice verse 1 and 8. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not have not kissed him. So here we find a prophet named Elijah who of his own knowledge says, You know there is not another good man living except me. This is a strong statement to say, especially when you are talking to God. Elijah says, all the preachers are gone. I'm the only preacher left. But then God revealed to Elijah a word of knowledge. God said to him, you said there wasn't one except you. I'm now revealing to you that there are 7,000 more, and not one of them is bowed as knee to Baal. Not one of them has reached ever over to kiss his idol. Every one of them is free from the idol worship. Why don't you just do what I tell you to do? Get busy. Going to know Jehu was king and Elisha is prophet. Mm. Does that sound familiar? When we all in ourselves and our feelings. Look, dude, I got somebody. I got you back. You ain't the only one. I got you some backup. I give me your plan. Go do your plan. Go, go do what I told you to do. Again, that was a word of knowledge. He thought he was the only one left. God said, no, you're not. He didn't know that. But then he's also connecting and have enough spirits of, of God and with God that when God spoke something to him, he believed him and moved in that capacity. See, that's something else that we have to do. He could say, "Well, I don't see him." That's what we do. Ooh. Well, Where they at? Well, he he told him he told them that they're there and where they're at. But we still want we want to see. Mm. That's why some of us stuck waiting because we want God to. Prove you know. I, now we might not say it that way, but we're saying in the capacity where we ain't got up and done what He called us to do. Yeah. How about I just keep reading? There have been times when I've spent so much time answering letters and dealing with problems that I begin to feel as if I was part of the problem. So I just stood up, walked out of my office, got in my car drove to the hospital, and began to pray for people. I stepped out from behind my desk and got out there where the needs were. Instantly, something was received inside of me. I felt brand new. Elijah had been out of connection. He had been out on his own and did not realize that God had an army. God revealed through a word of his knowledge that at that moment, there were 7,000 men in Israel who had not bowed their knees to Baal. They had stood up straight, refusing to have any part of this worship. They were God's wonderful servants for that hour, and he knew their names, their addresses, and their abilities. Elijah knew nothing about it, so God had to reveal it to him supernaturally. This is what it meant by word of God's knowledge. God reveals something that you do not know naturally. Hmm. And that also speaks about why you have to be prepared. You have to do your part, because you don't know what God is structuring somewhere else. He don't need you to know at that time. He needs you to just be obedient. Elisha, a very remarkable incident is found in 2 Kings five twenty 20 through 27. It's the story of Elisha and Gehazi. Elisha had succeeded the prophet Elijah who had gone on to heaven. Naaman is a very wealthy Syrian general who came to Elisha and received a remarkable healing from leprosy. After being healed, Naaman turned to the prophet and said, I want to give you a gift. But Elisha said, I don't want any gifts. You are healed. Just thank God for it and go on home. Naaman had already promised to quit worshiping idols. Gehazi, Elijah's servant, decided to take the offering that Elisha turned down, so he ran after Naaman's chariot. When Naaman stopped, Gehazi said, to him, Since you were there, two men have come from a great distance, and they need some money for some clothes. So Naaman gave him what he asked for. Gehazi took the offering. He had no intention of telling the prophet. When Gehazi returned home, Elisha spoke to him and said, Did not my spirit go right along with you? Mm. Did not my spirit go right along with you? Did not I see the whole thing that happened? The gift of the word of God's knowledge was operating through Elisha. He washed in the spirit realm as Gehazi took the money from Naaman. Mm. That's powerful. See, again, God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He's everywhere. We think we're doing something to get it with, no, son. And when he walked in the room, Elisha spoke to him, I know what you did. I was right there with you when you did it. This man, Elisha, had a most remarkable manifestation of this gift. The word and knowledge functioned more times through him than anyone else in the Old Testament. In 2 Kings chapter 6, when the alien armies of Syria were coming against this country, Elisha sent his word to the king and said, They are at thy southeast corner tonight, and they are hiding just go and get them so the king went out and won the battle. Now, that's powerful there. That's powerful. I believe I'm in connection. So first of all, Alicia had a double portion, and I'm I'm, I'm glad Felicia pointed it out because she actually went through and researched the scriptures and showed that there Alicia did double the number of miracles that are recorded in the scriptures than Elijah did because he had a double portion. Felicia's so anointing was so strong that he knew what was going on way beyond everything else. And see again, knowing and believing and acting upon that, knowing, believe, I should say, hearing, because you got to hear from God what He's telling you, which tells you know, believe it and then act upon it. That's just like the movie uh, Eddie Murphy and, and um, with the little kid when they had to walk across the uh, that dark canyon. He had it was not he couldn't see it done, but he had to believe. It. And but everywhere he stepped, something lit up to support his foot. The same thing not. the The golden child, right, right, right. Yeah. And, and he had, and that's that's what God. When God's telling you something, you got to act like you believe it. Step out on it. Again, that's the application. We just talked about um, Noah. This was gonna be a flood. What did he do for 120 years? Wait for it to rain? No, he got up and built the ark. A few days later, Elisha said, they have come back again. They are on the northwest corner and hiding. They are behind those certain bushes and trees. Go and get them. Finally, the king, Syrian king said, somebody among us is a spy and is telling the king where our army is. They said, no, no king. There is no spy among us. We are all true. They got a prophet among them named Elisha, and he knows everything. He knows where we are and what we are doing. Now, Again, we see the function of the word of God's knowledge. God made Elisha to know where those armies were. He could communicate it to the king. But you know what's even more powerful? God not only made it known, Elisha, the king trusted him enough to walk out on it. See, it's different from having a word of knowledge for yourself. But when you got a word of knowledge for somebody else, even to the point that the enemy knew what was going on. And see, I go back to Gideon when he was still walking in fear. The, it was there. The, what did he walk him in a dream? That's nobody but Gideon and Host. He's he gonna he gonna kill us? See again. Do you understand why this is as a spiritual battle? How think about this? How is the enemy gonna know about Alicia and he knows what's going on unless it's, it's something is moving around in the spiritual realm? There you go. That goes right back to what they said. Jesus, I know. Paul I heard of. Who the hell are you? Right. Because in the spiritual realm there is communication. There's there's spiritual realm stuff going on about us on the some of us on this line. 'Cause we're 'cause we're mo- we're doing things in the spiritual realm that most people aren't doing. I'ma just keep reading, I'm not gonna talk on that. Now Sam you heard about the guy over in Texas?
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. He had saw some plastic, or oh, even like plastic rubber tubing, and he said he came to mind what he can do with it. And you know, instead of um, building up all those sandbags in case they should go into another flooding, he came up with a way for where he could take this special tarp and put it around his house to protect it from flooding. So somebody had saw him putting this stuff together around his house, and they got in contact with the local news people. So they went out and interviewed him, and he explained for why he was doing it. But so in the meantime, everybody was saying, oh, he wasting his money. Uh, he don't know what he's doing. They laughed and stopped at him. Okay, now we all know about Hurricane Harvey, right? This man's property was, was was secure by what he did. So all these people that were laughing at him for what he was doing to protect his house, now they only wish they had paid attention to what he was doing. And it, it, it might have been a slight chance that they could have protected theirs as well. But what he saw and what they saw were two different things. And what he saw it protected
2: them when the floods came. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Sam. Hello, Renee?
4: Renee? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, this is Barbara.
2: Oh, hi. How you
5: doing? Hi. I just heard your uh, testimony.
2: Uh-huh. That was a blessing. <laughs>
5: yeah, <laughs> it was. And I'm wondering if uh, it's going anywhere as far as... Uh, as far as uh, does he need to go get a patent on that before the big industry went off with his idea? <laughs>
4: well, <laughs> well, he's probably talking to somebody about it now. But they did go back to go check on him after um the hurricanes and stuff had hit. Uh
3: huh. And
4: his and his place is secure.
3: Oh, well, that's wonderful.
4: Uh huh. But it just it just caught me for when. Sam had just said about Noah building the ark 180 years before the floods,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and for this man, they had just interviewed him earlier part of the summer, and people was laughing at him. Oh, they ain't gonna work. They ain't gonna work.
3: <laughs> but th-
4: ain't that the same thing they did to Noah while he was building the ark?
3: Yeah.
2: Yep. Sure is. <laughs> They scoffed at him. Yeah. Oh. I mean we'll so if, huh?
5: Well, well we'll we'll see if uh like I can say that it's uh goes viral and they start mass producing that idea.
3: <laughs> okay.
4: They need to. <laughs> yeah they do. Yeah. yeah, like I said, he he had a thought and he followed it through.
2: Yeah. And that's a blessing. Uh-huh. That's a blessing. <laughs>
5: yes. It well I is. must say I enjoyed that yeah, I came in on the end of what uh you know, they were discussing and uh uh-huh. it it's it it's it, it was some encouraging conversation, you know, 'cause it really it's relevant, I tell you. <laughs> well,
4: and yeah. there, too 'cause um some of the things that's coming out of Texas. Some of the things is coming out of Florida. They're saying that um, the donations, instead of them giving them to the people, they're selling it to them.
5: Uh,
4: so, uh, yeah. Uh,
5: did you? Did you? Uh, I shared a. Uh, you may have picked it up. I shared a uh, video of a woman down there in Texas, and uh, she knew people that worked over that were volunteer that volunteered for uh, Red Cross. And Uh um, a lady, she knew it, told her, you know, to come over and get all this stuff because they're throwing it away. And uh, and, uh, she, she, I guess she has an SUV. She filled up her truck with uh, all of this stuff. And, uh, I mean, it was a lot. And she said she was going back to get more. They were just throwing it away in dumpsters.
4: Uh Uh-huh.
5: Yep. So she... uh, and they, and their attitude. Her friend told her that their attitude, Red Cross attitude, was that these people working for Red the volunteer volunteers. Well, we'll get more because they, they, we're gonna get more from Florida. I that mean, that's the thing.
4: The huh? thing, but in the, but I, and out of all of that, even if you think you're gonna get more, um, how about finding a secure place that can be a warehouse for this stuff?
5: Yeah, that's right. It's disorganizing. Like Ty, Tyler Perry, he made a statement uh, that uh, he will not. He made it not on TV. He made it on uh, on Facebook that he uh-huh. was his. He gave a lot of money to Katrina, and it didn't get to where he thought it should go. So uh-huh. and where it should have gone, and so he said this time he's giving it to only three certain ministries.
1: And um, uh-huh. because
5: he know these people and he know that they will get, he said they have boots on the ground. They do this 24 seven. And so he, right. he said, this is something they do every day and they don't let stuff go to waste like that. And uh-huh. and and that is disgusting for them. People, it's, it's folks who don't have that are sending what they have down there and they're going to take it and throw it away. But I had heard this about red cross before from, from Katrina that, uh, as a, 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 a matter of fact it was in the news that it, money had gotten misappropriated
4: right so, it's uh, with FEMA Red Cross I think it's UNICEF and it's one more and they were saying that only about maybe 80 cents off of $10 is going towards uh, people who need it the rest is going yeah. to administration so the CEO got big fat pockets oh of, my um, goodness
5: and, that, and the celebs, celebrities. Uh, got all those um, uh, donors' uh, mm-hmm. pledges, pledges. Right. The other night, and they and it's like, what, what did they say? Forty, forty million. Right. Oh my gosh! And I just pray. Well, we gonna have to pray about that. We just pray that all of that money goes to where it should go. Because right. all so the money is coming saying, down there from all, and they getting donations from all over the world. Even Israel has sent them some help. Medical supplies and all of that, and uh yeah, Mexico
4: even offered to help,
5: yep, yeah, right. they did send trucks of stuff down there or uh, and but uh, they uh but we just prayed that God puts the things in the hands of people who have integrity because they have right. enough, enough has gone down there for them to even give each person that lost their homes or whatever a certain amount of money. I believe that that is enough down there for them to do that. To make any repairs okay. to their home, because I mean, it's, even Tyler Perry, he, 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 uh, but he, he, he has went to these three ministries that he know they're getting the job done. But, uh, but the right. uh, people yeah. like him have given to Red Cross and won the millions of dollars. Uh, Beyonce, wow, seven hundred and fifty, not seven hundred
2: fifty thousand, well, seven hundred
4: and fifty million. <laughs> going like wow, it's all
2: it's all
4: a thing for those for profits and the people to start them up. They know how much money they can get
3: out of it.
4: They have put, I think it was Jay-Z and a couple of other entertainers, they got non-for-profit. And mm-hmm. when they did, went back and looked through the books to see what that money went for, it went for administration fees. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So well, they, they, kept a,
3: yeah.
4: they, they kept a lot of that money. But then, too, if you look at it, because um, before Harvey had hit Trump had just knocked out one of the safeguards for flood victims that was up under Obama, um, had just taken that away two days before the the storm had hit. And um, if you look at how they got getting the stuff set up. Oh, oh then,
5: you know what I'm under, I, Hey, I'm going to have to talk I, back with you. I got a call coming in. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk to you more about that.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. I'll give y'all something
3: to laugh at. Uh, I switched
1: phones and hung up, and then I got back on to finish the reading. How about that?
3: <laughs> oh, okay. That worked.
1: Work. Yeah, it was kind of quiet. I pressed a button in the phone. Oh, wow. So anyway, I got it like a paragraph to read. <laughs> Okay. So I was talking about Samuel. In First Samuel chapter 10, we find a very interesting example. The prophet Samuel wanted Saul to become king of the country of Israel. The people of Israel were going to have a great celebration and inauguration of Saul as king over their country. But Saul was reticent. He did not want to be part of it. Though Saul was a big man standing head and shoulders above everyone else in the land, he hid himself in a haystack on the day of inauguration. Nobody could find him until the prophet Samuel arrived. He prayed to the Lord, and the Lord the answer. Samuel received the word of God's knowledge. He knew that which his eyes had not seen and his ears had not heard. God, through the Holy Spirit, told Samuel exactly what Saul was. Samuel said, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Verse 22, The people then found Saul among him and made him king. The gift was manifested in other instances as well. One time when Saul had lost some asses, Samuel said, I can tell you where they are, and he did. In the Old Testament, we have some very vivid exoperations of the omniscience of God, how he revealed certain things through a word of his knowledge and showed the people how they could supernaturally understand the knowledge he had. Other Old Testament examples can be found in 2 Kings 6 and 12. The king's servant said of Elisha, The prophet that is in Israel tells the king of Israel the word that thou speak is in thy bedchamber. I suggest that you research and study these Old Testament stories until you become conversant in them. Then find other examples where God revealed his knowledge supernatural to the people. And that is our lesson for today. Amen. Mm-hmm. So any other questions?
4: Okay, get, Go ahead. I got one for you. I was sitting up and watching Little House on the Prairie the other day, yesterday. And they were showing this little was coming through town where well, he was saying he had magic powder to make people well. And uh, he came across an adult that needed to get her appendix taken out. So he was just like, well, since you're saying that this can make me well, I want some of your magic powder. Okay, she took the magic powder. The doctor had seen her and said, y'all got to do something about this man because he's going around selling people false hope. Now, when he sold her, he, no, he didn't sell it to her. He just gave her some of the magic powder. But when he gave it to her, he said, God, if God be willing. Okay, so she took the powder and she got more ill, so she had to go ahead and stay sex that she needed her appendix taken out. Okay, so the the shows his daughters go into town with their dogs. The dog get ran over by a horse and buggy. Okay, so they take the dog back home thinking that the dog won't make it. So they went and found the little guy. He came back with the dust again. And the father, he knew that the dust was a hoax. But he had said in front of his daughter, okay, because so she played it with him. She said, please, please come use your magic, your magic dust. And uh, he said, okay. We're gonna put some on the dog and if God be willing. Okay. So the father had asked the little man, he said, Why didn't you tell her the truth? He said, At this point, you came and looked for me. Why should I sit up here and to hurt her like that at that at this time? He said, If God be willing. So the next morning, the dog got him and started moving around and playing like nothing had happened. And now the little girl thinks it's a powder. And the man had sat down, and he had told her, say it wasn't the powder, as I said, if God be willing. Out of the whole segment of the show, that was the one thing that they were missing out on what he would say when he gave him the powder, if God be
2: willing. That's
4: the Huh?
1: I said that that's the key.
4: Right. And it took that and it took and it took Laura Ingalls to her on have faith in that powder. But also taking on the what he said about God be willing, also praying that her dog would be okay. When the adult took the powder, she just went off for that guy's words. But when that child had took into account, she believed in that dust, but she also prayed, and she was able to get her dog back. But, you know, it's it's kind of amazing, but it's not things that we want to listen to on the to hold on to, but we don't, nine times out of ten, we don't listen to the whole
2: thing. We say we want all, but a lot of times we only sold for a third or a fourth. And it's usually because of the image that we see. Comment criticism?
1: If God be willing. Okay. All right. Anybody else got anything? I've been gone once, twice, three times later. Okay, prayer request. Okay, I'll step up. Do the nine, nine, do the Okay, do the All right. All right. Okay, All right. All right. All right. mm-hmm, All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. All right we thank you father God. we thank you host be Harambuku Randiga Sandes Karagada. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're dead to go buskin to the Gandrasco Godada, that is Gosede, Harandi Gosede, Let the word of God continue to rise up inside of a Yarago Sedaga, let the spirit and the anointing of Christ continue to rise up inside of a Yarago Sedaga, Humboske to go city to go city to go go Sedaga, Hundred Gosada Sedaga, Sindiska Sakara. Jesus' name I pray now. Amen. 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 Hey, Sam,
4: I wanna I want you to pray for the churches too, cause um yesterday I was over at um the food pantry helping out,
3: uh-huh.
4: and they were saying that it's a guy that's a plans member over in like Tenley Park, Orland Park area, and he's going around to churches trying to um. Cause havoc over there for the ones that's doing uh, food pantry. Mm-hmm. They got a picture of them out. And so far they keep targeting like uh mixed churches. Mm. So to put up a prayer for them.
1: Now you're not talking about New Bethel. You're talking about another church.
4: Um. It's well, thing like this. This, this, this churches, this area because so the guy is trying to make his round to see how he can get in and um, cause havoc. All right, but you can throw this in there too.
1: Father God. Um caro thank you holy spirit Hundred of the station of Saragandra, the city of Randa the Garagado, Bosca Kandaka, Haraway of City of Paduga, Yerboska, the Kandranda position of Sadakandaka, negotiation of the station of Saraganda, negotiation of Saragand, the Dedaka, Hundred the station the station of 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 the of of Okay, Father God, this individual is on assignment from the devil to cause havoc. You say in your word that you will bless those who bless you, and you will curse those who curse you, Father God. Father God, he is on assignment. We send you your word back to you regarding this individual. You will bless those who bless you. You will curse those who curse you. He is trying to curse your people. He is trying to cause havoc. Holy Spirit, <clears throat> in Jesus name I pray amen amen amen, hold on one second. I'm
3: back. Okay. Well, Sam
0: was nice. I just want him to be smited, personally. Hmm? <laughs> you were nice when you prayed. I said, I just want him to be smited.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: maybe, my, maybe my mood today, I don't know. but
3: <laughs> mm.
0: I, I can definitely say I'm in a, in a warfare mood versus just being nice. I don't want his. I don't want his toe to be stomped. I just want him to be smited.
1: <laughs> okay, no problem. <form.
3: laughs>
1: you ready for your presser? Your smiting, um, sir. Sure. Okay. Hmm. hmm. Let me do my juice first. Well,
0: I know what that means. Thank you.
1: You ready?
3: Sure.
1: Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for your son
3: hmm.
1: Hmm. who's struggling right now. But, Lord, in the struggle that he's going through, he is choosing to stand and to fight, not so much in and of himself, but in yielding, seeking, and allowing you to be God, and allowing your word to come forth, and to manifest, though it's challenging him, Father, though it's pushing him, Lord, And he feels that frustration and that angst and that struggle. I don't ever stand. Better stand now. If I'm ever going to do it, I got to do it now. I'm going back this time, Lord. It hurts. I'm screaming. I'm mad. And I'm going to do everything in my capability to let you be God. But, Father, this hurts, and I want to cuss. But, God, matter of fact, you probably do let out a few ones knowing you. But you're standing for God, and you're dying to self. Oh, Jesus. You're standing for God, and you're dying to self. And you're finding a peace and a strength more than you ever have before. And you're beginning to become more comfortable in the warrior's gear. Mm, mm, mm. You're beginning to become more comfortable in the battle armor, as it's becoming more familiar to you. Yeah, you're hurt, you're challenged, you're pissed, you're mad. But you're increasing in his word, and his word is increasing in you. So continue to stand. Continue to let the anointing cover and keep you as he transforms you into whom he called you to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: All righty.
3: Let's
1: get up. Who else wants a prayer? Who else wants a prayer?
4: Who else, who else, who else wants a prayer? Uh-huh. you pray for me? Huh?
1: Can pray for me? Oh, okay. All right, Father God, let me lift up some Rombo skidded the position, Randor Randor position of the Sada, position of the station, Ganda. I'm not Allah. I'm not
3: Allah.
1: I'm not Allah. 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 You going in and out. Mm. Continue to go run to move in their lives, Lord. Run to go to Continue to increase in them, Father. Run to to Continue to impart and guide, direct their steps. Run for the God. Continue holding the spirit to you. Yet in the manner that you want to move, so they can do what you call them to do. Yet the God. Continue to bless and keep them. and I ask in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Now let me pray for Pamela. Um, Tell Ben that the roof is on his way over there. Say what? Tell Ben that the roof is on his way over there. Okay. Alright, Father God. Yokos pray for Pam. Ye skidded a She skidded and the cake. Aranded and the good dead, the the dead, 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 go the 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 in Jesus name. I pray, amen. 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 Who else wants prayer? Anybody else want prayer? Anybody else want prayer? Anybody else want prayer? Anybody else want prayer? La 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 prayer going twice? Anybody else want to prayer going three times? Okie dokie. Uh. Somebody pray for me. Let can get out of here.
4: Father, we lift up your son, Sam. Thanking you, Father, for
3: continuing to direct his steps.
4: Father, thanking you for continuing to bless and to keep him. Father, we just pray that as he continues on this path that you have him on, day to day that you will continue to give him the energy and the strength that he needs to persevere and to accomplish what it is that you have set in motion. Father, we thank you for his health and wellness, for himself, his household, and his family. And Father, we just thank you for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
1: Okie dokie, Smokey. All right, well, I say au revoir, and I'll holler at you all later today.
4: Everyone, have a blessed day.